Be the reason someone smiles. Be the reason someone feels loved and believes in the goodness in people. Roy T. Bennett. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man. Out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I can. Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast. And I am super excited about today's episode because we are joined by Pastor John Leach, Pastor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to have you here. Pastor John was my pastor for, I think, about eight years when my wife Melanie and I lived in Denver, Colorado. We went to Israel together and just just were really blessed by the role that he played in our lives dur- during a really foundational time in our lives. And so, so I reached back out to Pastor John because, <laughs> Pastor, I think you'll probably find this funny, I'm sure. I'm sure you probably assume that every one of your congregants remembers every single word you ever preach and just like internalizes them and memorizes them and goes home and just remembers everything, right? Oh, totally. (laughs) So, but while that doesn't always happen, there are certain messages and certain sermons, certainly as I think back over my own life, that just stick for whatever reason. And, and I remember a sermon that you preached on the blessing. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm sure the title of the episode sort of gave that away for those of you listening. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the blessing and what is that? And we're not just talking about what you say before dinner, although that is a, a, a sort of kind of blessing. Uh, no, but we're going to go deep in how to bless our children and, and give them, quote, the blessing. But I remember you, you preached a series on the blessing even before we had kids. I mean, my wife and I were just young and single, and and sometimes it's easy to just sort of tune that out. Oh, this doesn't apply to me because uh, we don't have kids. Well, you can certainly bless your wife. You can bless family members, right? The blessing isn't just for kids anyway. But even still, I remember just being so impacted by the idea of it that it was like, okay, this is something I need to file away. Fast forward however many years now, and we do have kids, and my kids are of an age where I am now thinking about, again, the blessing and how to bless them. And so selfishly, you know, Pastor John, I've invited you here because I want to know how to do this. I want to know how to bless my own kids better. This is for me. But then I also know that there are just so many men out there trying to be good fathers. How, how do we bless our kids? How do we pour into our kids? And how can we be intentional about delivering, quote unquote, the blessing? And that's sort of a big concept. And, and maybe I'll just throw that to you first is when we talk about the blessing, what does that even mean and where does that come from? Uh, Brett, that's a great question. And uh, just to comment on uh, what I found is true, there's just certain things um, see, I have a friend who said it this way. Uh, you just, you never can tell what God is writing in the shadows. Not everything can you see on a person's face. Not everything is just for right then. Some things are for later. And when we judge those things like, oh, they didn't seem excited about it, or they weren't taking notes, or, uh, you know, I, I mean, how many years have gone by now and we're right. talking about the skin? You just never know what the Holy Spirit has for another time. And so I'm thrilled that this is something that was um, that was planted, right? It's it's now going to bring even a, a greater harvest, and so I'm I'm just thrilled to talk about this. Biblically speaking, I think um, most believers. You joked around, but if you ask the average person, talk about the blessing a little bit. I think the immediate thought is what I do before I eat food. Um, so they understand the concept, the idea of of speaking a blessing. But I think the Western church 
is very disconnected from um, our Judaic roots in understanding the blessing. So if you'll let me, I'll just give you a quick synopsis um, through the Bible on the blessing, where it comes from. Uh, when, I, when I put it all together here, and I can connect dots for you, it's, it's, you can see it from beginning to end. So Genesis, the Lord begins uh, in his creation. And if you, if you were to go back and read it again, you'll notice the words, after every act of creation at the end of the day, it would say, um, and God saw that it was good. And that literally, if you were to just look up the Hebrew on that, when he saw that it was good, uh, some translations even include the word, and he blessed it and saw that it was good. The He saw it was good is a blessing. It's God pronouncing, this is good, this is right, this is uh, the way that it's supposed to be. So what we have is that God uh, is the blesser. He's the source of all blessing. And the original idea of blessing comes from the Lord. Um, and in fact, uh, just a, a fun side fact um, there's one day in creation that's actually called the double blessed day where he blesses it twice. He says, this is good twice. And it's on Tuesday. And if you were to be in Israel on a Tuesday, you would see that a lot of people choose that, that day to get married because they believe that Tuesday is a double blessed day that God spoke the blessing twice over that day. The only reason I point that out, this is not some new concept. This is not some, uh, you know, somebody thought about this 15 years ago and, and put together some some neat idea. This is from from the beginning, from creation. Yeah, the foundation of time. Blessed. That's that is exactly right. And so we are most like our father when we do what our father does, not when we, you know, just look at something and never pick it up. Um, with uh, Abraham, God's covenant with Abraham was come out from amongst these people. I will be your God. Uh, you will be my people, and I will bless you, and I will make you. A blessing. And then he even goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all the nations of the world will be blessed through you, through the covenant that God is making uh, with Abraham. If you look at Noah after the flood, uh, when the ark comes to rest and Noah and his family get out of the ark, they worship the Lord. And then the Bible says, and God blessed them. The words are literally right there. Uh, you move it to a little bit further with uh, the the covenant with the priests, the priest's job with the people, no matter what they said, no matter what the message was, at the end of the message, they were to raise their right hand, and the people would also raise their right hand to signify, we receive this, and then he would pronounce the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. So, So we're familiar with it, we call it the benediction, we did that in my you know, Presbyterian church growing up. The pastor would always close that way. It's liturgy, right? We consider it liturgy, but it comes from a long line of here's. So the, the priest is speaking for God. Remember this, this is the priest, the institution of the priest now standing in the place of the Lord. And no matter what the priest was to talk about, whether it was an exhortation or whether it was rebuke, he was to end it with the final word being, you are blessed by the Lord. And somewhere we have lost that idea that regardless of what goes on, God gets the final word in our life. And the final word is that he blesses us, that he watches over us and that he keeps us. Uh, If we step back to Abraham real quick, too, you know, Abraham with his sons, uh, with the tribes of, of Israel, we read in Genesis that with each one of them, he laid his hands on them 
and he blessed them. He blessed them with a word picture, blessed them with uh, abilities that he saw in their life, and then blessed them with what he saw in the future. Um, and then, you know, uh, Joseph, when Joseph is uh, in Israel and brings Abraham, um, uh, excuse me, Jacob, when he brings his father Jacob into Israel, um, uh, Jacob, uh, Joseph has two sons, uh, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he asks his father to spread his hands out and to bless his grandsons, which is a powerful, there's a powerful illustration there, because if you remember that, um, you know, Jacob switches his hands. Uh, the right one was supposed to go on the oldest son and the left one on the younger son. And he switches his hands and puts the oldest blessing on the younger um, and the younger blessing on the oldest. And it's a picture of what Jesus did for us. He's the firstborn, but the Lord put the blessing that belonged to Jesus on our lives. And Christ took upon him what what our lot was, right? He, he was wounded for our transgressions and died in our place. So uh, it, there's a picture of this blessing throughout the whole Bible. Um, and then in the New Testament, let me just point out these two things. The last act of Jesus on this earth, when he's ascending into heaven, uh, the Bible says that he, if you go back and read it, while he's ascending, he stretched forth his hands and he spoke a blessing over the disciples. And we, you know, we read all of that and then skip some of the, uh, the finer print that is just so important. And then the book of Revelation ends with a blessing, a blessing for those who are looking forward to the Lord's return. And it talks about the blessing that will be upon uh, their lives. So my my thesis is here. I don't mean to get uh, just, you know, long winded on this, but it's not you don't find it in just a book of the Bible or some, uh, you know, far reaching idea that you're trying to make theology out of. It is there from beginning to end. It is clearly there. And we can see that and um, and then bring it into our lives. So that's where the idea of the blessing comes from. Uh, it's biblical. It's not it's not something that I just, you know, I, I wish to be true. It's true and it's factual and it's powerful, my friend. It really is powerful. Well, that's what we need to talk about then, because if the idea is to bring it into our lives, you said something earlier that we're our best when we when we try to emulate the Father, right? Jesus said, "I, you know, I only do what I see the Father do, or I hear from the Father." And so, the blessing is all throughout the Bible. But what do we do with that? And yeah, so, that, and and I guess I guess the main question then is, what's the purpose of the blessing? So God is saying that creation is good, and and He's blessing Abraham, and Jesus is blessing the disciples. What what are they trying to accomplish with the blessing? And then what are we therefore trying to accomplish when we are blessing our kids or our spouse? So um, taking for granted that people are probably hearing this for the very first time, right? They're, they're unaware of it. It's a lot of information suddenly thrown at you. So what's the practicality of it? So if I could tell a quick story about how this became real to me, uh, I was in Israel and we had a guide, an, an old, old guide. Uh, he, he's, he's since passed. His name was Matanya, just a a wonderful man. He fought in uh, the war for independence in 48 and, you know, in the subsequent wars and just knew Israel like the back of his hand and, and was that type of a guide. Uh, and on a Friday, uh, Friday evening to Saturday evening is the Shabbat, the Sabbath. 
And Israel, for the most part, if you remember, Brett, when we were there, it, it closes down, right? And they all go back. Smaller country, the size of New Jersey, it's a little more practical there than it is uh, for us in the U.S. or, you know, another large nation. But the idea is that the people go back to their family, right? They have such a family connection that I think it's just not, I, I don't know if it's, you know, the Western mindset is an independent mindset. Um, you're not successful unless you you launch out, you know, you make it on your own. Your parents were only there just to, to get you started. I think that mindset uh, in, in that culture is that, uh, that connection stays and it's a, it's a powerful connection. You don't graduate beyond it, even though you get married, you have your own family, you, you know, you, you, you raise them that way. You still are so connected to family, family. The only thing I could compare it to, and I hope that uh, for most listeners, this is a good experience. When we think about our holidays at Thanksgiving and Christmas and families get together. And I know, I know for some families that exactly it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing, but for many families, it's such a joyful thing. And it's the only time of year where they really, uh, people spend the money and they take the time and they, they fly in and they're, they're hanging out. And uh, so let's just, let's presuppose it's a good situation and not a bad situation. The benefit of that is the reconnection and the, the blessing that you get just from being around uh, people that know you and that love you. And that it, it gives generations, right? It gives uh, we're so disconnected and, and our our past goes to, you know, five years ago, uh, not a hundred years ago. And so this is allowing for a deeper relationship, things that I believe God put in our lives to be healthy and to be good. So uh, the guide on Friday night um, was in a hurry to drop us off because he had to get home for Shabbat. And I just said to him, he was in his 70s at this time. This was back in the 90s. And I just said to him, what, what are you going to do? We're going to the hotel and we're going to be there for the next you know, uh, 15 hours or so, and everything's kind of shut down. What are you going to do during the next 24 hours? He said, I, I go home, my family comes in from all over, even in the military, unless they're in a very sensitive position, they're allowed to come home. He said, we eat together, we laugh together. Uh, he said, some will spend the night. It's just that reconnection. But then he said this, and this is what hooked me. He said, before they leave, I lay my hands on them and I bless them. And I just, you know, being a pastor, I could think of what Abraham did with his sons. And I, so I just asked the question, so, you know, Matanya, what is that? Uh, what, what do you do? And he said, John, it's just really simple. He said, I just, from my, my oldest to my youngest, all of my grandkids that are there, said, I just lay my hands on their head and I just pray God's blessing over their lives. I, now, here I am, a pastor, five children in ministry. And for sure, I've prayed for my kids and I love my kids and I love my wife. Uh, but sometimes there's the problem of just connecting that. Sometimes there's the problem of um, my father never did this for me, never, never entered his, uh, his vocabulary, his mindset, uh, his lifestyle to do something like this. And so um, even as an adult, uh, Brad, I would always wonder, you know, is my dad proud of me? Does he approve mm. of me? And then I lost my dad and never got the chance to, to know. I believe that he did that, but he never said that to me. And I think in the heart of every human is the need to be loved, the need to be approved. And anybody who tells you different is either been so wounded that they reject the idea or they're so removed from it that they don't understand the importance of it, the permission 
that it gives you to move forward. And how many people in our society today are frozen, not knowing what is the right way to go? It seems to me that confusion reigns today supremely, even in things that we took for granted uh, not that long ago. And if you just connect that to a disconnection of family and and of of position of fathers and mothers, it's not just a, a male issue. It's a both issue. But um, I think that men are called to lead. And I think that's where this becomes super powerful. So he gives me this information. I come back to Colorado and I decide to write blessings for my children. Now, to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I'm going to include the blessings that I wrote uh, in the information that I give to you. And you can decide best how to put those out if anybody would like to see them, if they'd like a template or something like that. And maybe I'll read a couple of them uh, while we're, we're talking to give you an idea, but I had no idea what I was doing. And so I just prayed. I asked the Holy spirit to help me write a blessing for my children. I went back in Genesis and I looked at what Abraham did for his sons, how he used word pictures, uh, to describe them. You know, one of them is a ravenous wolf. One of them is a fruitful vine. He's using word pictures from their context, their generation. We're living in Fort Collins at the time. And Long's Peak is right there uh, when you look up to yeah, the majestic. It's just so, majestic. Majestic. It is majestic. Our oldest is Amy. And I was trying to think how, what would I say about her? What do I see in her life that I think is so powerful and worth saying out loud, worth bringing to her? So it, is it okay if I read her blessing? Yes, please real do. Real quick. That, yeah. That, so I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I'll, well, I'll tell and, you how I do yeah, and how old was she? So you came back, and did you like do? I got to do this like right now, or do you do it at a different time for each of your kids, or did you do it just kind of one time and they were all different ages? How does that okay. work? So this is um, so it, it's not a one time thing. Although there was a, I guess a ceremony is what I came up with. Right? How do I make this impactful for them? Now you asked the question on their age. They were all young. This is uh, ninety four. Uh, the end of 94 when we went, and I didn't do this until the spring of 95. I took my time to figure out how do I do this. So you ask, you know, uh, how I was very excited to do it. Um, it was it was burning within me to want to give this to them. And by the way, I think that oftentimes we think, you know, uh, I didn't have this. And then we repeat what not intentionally, but just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but once we do know, once we are able to see, we're responsible at that point. And I saw something and I knew my kids needed it. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to stay behind the um, the mistakes of the past. I didn't want to. I, I've just you know what we didn't get by a pedigree. We can get through the Holy Spirit. I believe that. And so what I didn't have from my earthly father, I did have from my heavenly father. Therefore. We can give uh, because we do we do have that. And I wanted to break a curse. Uh, I didn't want my kids to grow up and wonder, what does my dad think about me? Is my dad proud of me? Does my dad bless me? Does my dad, uh, does he see potential in me? And I think every father feels those things, Brad. I think my dad felt it for me, but he never said it out loud. So we he never, need to hear it. I think, yeah, he went to work. He supported his family. Uh you know, solid that way, solid citizen, but was never one to just 
throw his arms around you to just, you know, that was just not, and he didn't get it from his father, to be honest with you. And had the Lord not shown me this, my children would not have received it from me. What's the difference? Does it make any difference? That's where I've seen the huge difference between the way that I grew up and the way that my children have grown up. And now the way my children are doing their children. And so I'll I'll remind me, we can get to that uh, as we go down. So come home. Um, I want to do this the right way because of the Jewish connection that uh, I heard this through. I thought, how how could I come up with some type of a, a a Jewish ceremony? And the only thing I could think of was to light a lot of candles. And I know that's, <laughs> but it was the only thing I could think of. So I wrote out blessings for each of my children. Now, Amy at that time uh, was ten years old, okay. and the difference between her and our youngest—we have five. So it's Amy, Brent, Katie, and then twins David and Daniel. Uh, Dave and Dan. Um, are eight years younger than Amy. So they're only, they're right about three years old. They're not going to remember this other than I just wanted to, I think there's a spiritual component to this. When I wrote them out, we framed them and then put them uh, next to their doors because in Deuteronomy, it says we're to teach our children when they come in, when they go out, when they lie down, when they raise up, Our responsibility is to teach. And if we don't step into that, uh, you're creating a vacuum. Someone is going to teach them, but it may not be the things that you want. No, it's going to be culture. I mean, they're going to step out that door and they are bombarded with messages. It is the truth. Absolutely the truth. And um, I think that I saw I didn't want that. And I wanted to put in them. I wanted an over. You know what I wanted? I wanted the last word on their life like what the Lord has on ours. And I wanted them to know that no matter what, they are blessed. They have our blessing. They have our permission. We're behind them. We're for them. So putting them on their doors and letting letting them see them all, all through while they lived at our house, those blessings were there. Their friends would even come over and comment over them. And I had some of their friends ask me, would you write a blessing uh, for that's me? That's awesome. And that, yeah, I, I love that, that. Yeah, it was a tremendous. Uh, that's when my when my boys especially uh, we're not no longer embarrassed by that thing that their dad did. They became, you know, proud of what. Well, what it was. that's what a powerful truth that kids want it, no matter who it's from. Even if it's not from their own father, they want to hear it from somebody that they are loved, that somebody is proud of them, that somebody sees potential and and life and future in them. And again, you know, they're going to seek it elsewhere if they don't get it from somebody that they know, like, or trust. That I mean, well said. It, it's no clearer than that right there. We all listen. Adults want it too, and when we don't know why, when we don't, I, I've got you know men and women in our church older than me who still struggle with purpose. Why am I here? What is it all about? The easy answer to that is, you know, I'll just make the most money that I can make, and nothing wrong with with success. Nothing wrong with with doing well. But if that's your greatest purpose, it is so empty. It's not, there's, there's more to life, right? It's, it's, uh, I, I'm Cajun, so we call that the lanyap. That's the extra. The, you know, but the, the main thing is that God created you and called you and has a purpose for you. And we want that for our children, but it's important that we know it's true for us uh, 
too. So I, I have this ceremony. I light all of these candles. I pull the kids in. I had had their blessings written in calligraphy so that they looked really nice. And then um, the way that I began, I wrote one for my wife too. Hmm. Now, Chris and I were raised different. Chris, Chris was raised in a, um, you know, a, a Christian family that was very on fire. Um, but they didn't understand this either, right? This was never taught. It was never, never brought out. Uh, I became a Christian in my, when I was 19, um, you know, where I really surrendered my life to the Lord. And so, uh, we, we both kind of came from different backgrounds into this, but I wrote a blessing for her, uh, in this too. So I started with Amy and I just laid my hands on her head and I read her blessing over her life. And at 10 years old, uh, uh, Amy's heart just melts as I'm doing this. And I begin to weep and she begins to weep. And I know that some people might feel uncomfortable, like what, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm prepared for that. I was not prepared for that to be, I, that was not my purpose in doing, my purpose was I just wanted them to know that I blessed them that I loved them, that I saw good things for their future, that I wanted the last word of blessing over their life. What happened, Brett? And this is what I want your listeners to know about. There was a heart connection that I had no idea that was waiting uh, through the act of obedience of doing this. And I, I think there's something there that, you know, the other side of obedience is the supernatural. The other side of obedience is God will give us an instruction and to see, hey, will you do, you know, we're asking, Lord, bless me, Lord, show me, Lord, teach me. He'll give us an instruction. And then nine times out of 10, we'll tell ourselves, oh, that's dumb. I, why would I need to do that? And the other side of obedience is such a blessing that we don't just even know. So that if a listener is hearing this and they feels a connection, like, could I do this? Yes, you can. You don't have to be a pastor. <laughs> you just have to be a human and one who has uh, a heart to bless but the most amazing thing, the scripture that says, I'll take out the heart of stone and I'll put in the heart of flesh. I always viewed that in terms of salvation, you know, a spiritual heart. I did not, but it actually, that says I'll turn the hearts of the father to the children and the children to the father. And Brett, I was completely unprepared for what happened in that moment. So I move on to my Next child, Brent. Brent has special needs, uh, high functioning, but you know I, I'm I'm never quite sure what he fully understands and what he what he doesn't. So I tried to make his a little more simple, a little more plain, um, and just speak it over his life. Same thing. It just there's this emotional connection that begins to happen, and just these um, I I. I, I'm, I'm searching for the words because I realize uh, this may sound like, you know, uh, someone's building it up to be something that it's that it's not. I just know what happened for us. Yeah. And I loved my children, love, love, loved my children, had made a commitment. You know, I, I will never leave them, never forsake them. They are mine. This is their last name. This is who they'll always be. Um but I'm not sure that I just ever got this next part and what it what it did. Then on to uh, our middle child is Katie, and Katie was probably uh, you know five at that time, five and a half. Um, it's a little different uh, because she was younger, but no less powerful. Did it for the twins, 
you know, now they're little, little bitty boys. It meant something really profound to me. Uh, I think they were fascinated by the candles. At the time. <laughs> but then I came to Chris and I ended it with pronouncing a blessing over my wife. And you said this when we began, it's not just something for children. And you don't have to have children to practice this. You don't have to be married to practice this. I've since done this for my mom. Hmm. I've done this for my in-laws. Uh, I have done this for an uncle and an aunt who have been extremely uh, close to us. It is a powerful um, tool, weapon. I'm not sure quite. It it just can give people such permission. What I found with people who are older than me, when they didn't receive the blessing, it's like connecting something that's been missing for them. And it just opens. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, and it probably opens up things in their lives that they never even were. It just unlocks potential. The emotion behind it is just, it's, it's so powerful. When I say that, I'm not just talking tears or there's joy in it. There's freedom in it. There's an acceptance that's in it. There's a longing fulfilled that happens in it. And I, I, you know, just a powerful thing. Praying over my wife, though, opened up our hearts in a way towards each other. I'm not saying it's magic and we never struggled past that. You can't be in a good marriage and not, you know, to have problems makes you normal. It doesn't make you, you know, a, a bad marriage. That's just part of learning to lay your life down for another person. And it's a lifetime thing. But my goodness, it opened up something in my wife's heart that I had longed to touch and longed to open. It was one of the more significant spiritual events in the life of our family. Hmm. And the heritage behind it, what I intended it to be with my kids was, uh, you know, the word says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. We don't always have money that we can pass on, but we do have our blessing and our approval and our, um, our love that can be passed on uh, from generation to generation. And so this has turned into something when our kids left the house, they took their blessing with them. Um, not everyone hung it in their house. Some did, but what they have done, the ones that have, uh, gone on to be married and had their own children at the birth of all of their children, they wrote a blessing and spoke the blessing over the children while we were still in the hospital. And then all of them have gone on to have like a uh, the christening event would be the blessing is what we would do at the christening. They would reread that blessing and then they all put it in calligraphy too, framed it and put it out the doors uh, by their children. So now as their children are growing, they're reading their blessing. So we're starting even earlier uh, now. And like you said, I passed this on to our church. I've had countless number of people through the years that have done this. This has become a huge rite of passage. Uh, for for many people in our church who see the significance of this in calling a man or a woman uh, into adulthood, right? Uh, so it's a Jewish culture, it's the bar or bat mitzvah. Uh, we have a, a ceremony where we just, um, you know, when they're 13, we bring them in and pronounce this over them. Hey, today you are this. Today okay, I want to talk about, yeah, I want to talk about that because we actually, 
We actually talked about this exact thing on a few episodes ago, going through a book called Fathered by God by John Eldridge. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, and thinking about a boy becoming a man, and I even referenced bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, and and I I asked the question, what would a modern day coming of age ceremony look like? And uh, so we could talk about that. I want to get to that. I want to. I have a lot of questions about what you have said, <laughs> and I want to try to get practical. But first, you would offer to read Amy. So if you're still fine with that, I think listeners would benefit from hearing what does an actual blessing sound like? What What are the components of it? Okay. I, I think, uh, again, what would help this, uh, back in the book of Genesis, looking at how Abraham uh, blessed his sons, just so you get an idea. Again, it's cultural. So they're using pictures from their culture, from their day and age, but it gives us an idea of what we could use. And I, what I was saying is we were in Fort Collins. Long's Peak uh, is right there so that when you look up at the mountains, it's the one that stands out above Estes Park. So this is what I wrote to Amy. Blessing written to Amy Leach. I bless you with strength and love, long life and health, peace and prosperity. I loose you from generational curses of promiscuity, divorce, fear, disease, and poverty because we found all of those things in our family, generation after generation. And I don't think any father or mother wants that for their children. But when we find patterns repeating, it's not enough to wish them away. What can we do to strengthen the good and to build a hedge of protection around the things that we don't want? And I think this is part of that. Now, here's the blessing. I see you like looking at the mountains. You are always stable. Your commitment to God is like Long's Peak. It towers above everything else. I know with you, you will always be there in day, night, good or bad weather. You are strong, bold, and constant. And then I wrote, your future in Christ is awesome. You are specially called and chosen. Blessed is the man who will call you his wife. Blessed are the people who will be touched by you, Amy. This is, you know, I said she was 10 years old. A year later, after this, Brett, she came home um, from a, a mission trip that she had gone on with our children's church uh, to Mexico. And they were they were uh, feeding the poor and working with, um, you know, an indigenous people group there. And she came home telling us at 11 that she felt called to ministry. Now, I, you know, Chris and I, we do that. We understand the importance of truly being called to it and not just feeling like an emotion. So we didn't uh, we didn't ever prop that up, to be honest. We figured if it really was the Lord, um, that would stay with her and the Lord would do that in her life. Um, long story short, she, you know, served four years in youth with a mission, um, has been on our staff, serves now. Uh, just she is actually our chief of staff. Um, the most organized person, the, the most amazing thing were, I didn't see all of these traits at 10. So some of it was the Holy Spirit leading me. Some of it were some natural giftings that I saw, but putting it together and calling those things out. Now, I didn't call her to ministry. The Lord knew. Um, he knew what, what she would be. I, I had no idea what she would do, but I wanted to give her permission to become whatever it was that the Lord was doing in her life. And I wanted her to know that I saw the stability in her life. She's always been, when I would go to church, Amy would always say, dad, I want to go with you. 
because I don't want to be late. Well, I'd have to get to wherever we were working an hour before the service started. I said, you know, Ames, what are you going to do an hour before service? She said, I'll figure it out, but just, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be late. Uh, and I don't want to walk in right when it's starting. She's just always had that kind of a, a person. She's just the most organized, you know, boom, boom, boom person. And uh, so recognizing those things and calling those things out as good and not evil and, and right and gifts that God had given her were just, they were so significant in the person that she is today in the person that she's become today. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, it, it would seem like, well, she's your daughter. Of course you have her in that position. I, the Lord opened every door for her and caused everything to happen in her life. That's happened. I, I'm just amazed when I look at this, how the Lord has done things for her and how things have moved forward for her. And I'm just, I, it, it's an amazing, either it's a huge coincidence or there's something spiritual in this that we just we we've not been taught about. But if we'll tap into it, it's powerful and it's there. So there are a few things about that blessing that I want to comment on and then a question. Uh, first of all, I think it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. And, and I love the word picture idea because you still live in Colorado. Imagine what she thinks every time she sees Long's Peak. She sees it every day. You drive up and down C four seventy or whatever, and and it's just there. And and she could connect that with. Here's what my father sees in me. Here's what. Here's who I am, at my core. And she internalizes that, and she can see that. And so, so I just want to reinforce that idea of a word picture. Um, but the second thing that you said that I just wanted to sort of clarify a little bit is. How do we discern that as we think about our own kids? And so, for men listening to this, who might be thinking. I love this. Like, that's me. I love this. I want to do this. How can I do this? How do you, how do you discern then what are some of those God-given traits, um, that, that future that you're painting for them, what you see in them? How do you discern that? Because you said that when you came back from Israel and you didn't jump on it immediately, you spent some time thinking about it, praying about it, waiting until you had that blessing clear in your own mind. And it was composed of two parts. It was composed of what you did see in your kids. So how do we discern that? And then a little bit prophetic, what you're calling them into. You're speaking it as though it is, and they and they can grow into that. So, so I guess for men listening to this, and I'm thinking of myself, who might be, be asking, how do I how do I find that identity in my kids that I can speak over them? How do they do that? Um, yeah, that that what that is, um, Brett. That's such a practical question, and probably where if this breaks down, I think that's probably where it breaks down. It's like the desire to do it. But just how do I? You know, some people would go, "Well, you're you're better with words than I am, and that's what makes you able to do it." And the truth is, I'm not uh, better with words. For sure, there's a skill in speaking that comes when you do that a lot, but the ability to see those things, I honestly needed the help of the Holy Spirit. So I got the idea, like men are getting the idea right now. They're hearing about it. It's formulating in their head. They have a picture now of what this could look like based on what I said. I got my picture from the guide in Israel. I had not actually seen him do it. But when he talked about it, it gave me a picture in my head of what it could look like. And that's where I came up with the idea of just making it special, doing a ceremony, making sure that outside interruptions were 
put out, right? No TV, uh, cell phones, all of those things out of the way. How did you how did you prep your kids? I'm just thinking in real time as you're talking. How did you prep them for like we're about to have a ceremony? So everybody, turn off your phones, come down to our darkened living room with candles lit. We're about to do something special. Like how did that conversation go? Like you would plan a, a birthday. Okay, is how we planned this. So we actually planned an event that I felt would probably take an hour. Okay, and just had set aside that time for the kids. Now, had my kids all been teenagers at this time. It would have been, I might have had to redo this a little bit and think specifically, maybe I would have gone to a restaurant and asked for a back room to be able to, to do this. Um, when I've done this, when you mentioned the ceremony of calling uh, you know, a young man into manhood with, with my sons, I rented a hotel room and made a, a special day out of it where I let them pick where we eat at, um, you know, and just I, I think you have to create the environment that you want. Right. Yes. If you try, they're watching TV and they have their phones turned on and yeah, you're about to eat dinner and you say, hey, yeah, let me let me give me 10 minutes. It's just you're not going to get the effect that you want. You've got to plan it like uh, as though it were a special event, like a birthday or Thanksgiving or Christmas or uh, so. And maybe you'd want to include a present in it that you could give to them to unwrap. I think the more creative you get with this, the better it can be. But that would be my advice first and foremost is prepare the setting. Don't just try in the middle of the day or right before they go to bed to do this. Make it special. Uh, maybe ask your wife for that idea. Um, you know, mine is far more creative than I am. <laughs> and so asking her for help on those things is always, you know, that's kind of my my saving grace. Um and then asking the Holy Spirit for his help. I literally, I wrote them and rewrote them multiple times, trying to get it where I felt like this is communicating what I want. And the reason that I didn't do it within two or three weeks of getting back uh, home was that I felt like I needed the Lord's help to, to write it. Now, um, so my memory is being jogged on something right now. L so let me, let, me go to, um, let me go to another blessing. And this is for our daughter, Katie, who's our middle child. And this is what I wrote to her. I bless you with peace, love, joy, and the fruit of the spirit. I bless you with security and acceptance, with long life and lots of love, with God's prosperity and blessing. I loose you from fear and from generational curses against the women in our family. I see you like a bubbly brook or like a fountain of water. You bring joy in life and are refreshing when I'm tired. You always give hugs and kisses and like to be held, which brings joy to those around you. You are warm and loving and a great comfort. She was, I, there were things that I spotted in her like whenever I would come home, she was always the child that wanted to crawl into my lap. She was always the child who, uh, you know, at nighttime when we'd put the other ones down, she'd be the one who would get up and come downstairs and want to, you know, can I get a snack? And she'd, she'd want to be with me when we ate the snack. She would want, she always had that. So part of it was, Brett, part of it was, to be honest with you, part of it was um, a pain because uh, she had this persistence <laughs> about wanting to be with me. And I'm trying to do all of these other things, right? But part of it was seeing it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit that this is a blessing. This is a child whose heart is already so turned towards you that you, any small little word from you 
is going to ignite, you know, like a flame in her life. So it was asking the Lord. Now, like I said, sometimes like Amy, Amy was so persistent uh, her whole life. She was just so, um, you know, a, a place for everything and everything in its place. Sometimes that would drive me crazy. But I also saw that it was a gift that the Lord had given her from birth. Her organizational skills are above anybody that I have ever met. Her ability to to pull people in. And, you know, Amy was always inviting friends over, always. And then always we'd come home. And uh, if Chris and I were out and Amy was babysitting, she would have put together an entire play where she wrote the play, had all of the kids acting out. So we'd come home, we'd be tired. And the first thing she would say is, I want you to watch this play. <laughs> now, looking back, I'm like, what a what a joy that a child would do that. At the time, I was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't. But seeing those things that are in their personality, the blessing and not the cup half empty, right? The cup full. And, and I think that every parent has that opportunity. And, and we just need to be intentional about it as fathers. And so I think just getting practical again, this is me thinking in real time. Maybe it starts with, for each of your children, just writing a, a list as long as you can make it of all the adjectives that you can think of to describe that child, even the negative Absolutely. adjectives. And how can we as fathers train ourselves to see the good and not the bad? Because each of those adjectives could be spun for good or could be the things that annoy us. And it is our job as fathers to, to speak the life over our kids. I think about, I think about one of my children who is very argumentative. Well, <laughs> may, so, but maybe if I speak it in the right way and speak life over that, you know, think about, think about the benefits of a persuasive child who is trying to persuade for good in the world and is trying to get people moving in a good positive direction for the kingdom, you know, and, and thinking about then how to speak that blessing over that child so that this, that this God given trait is used for good and not for evil in the world. And so, so yeah, I just love what you're saying about that. And it's, and it, it does sometimes I think take some training. I think, I think some men, some fathers and, and myself at various times, it's easy to see, it's easy to see the bad. It's easy to see the things that annoy us. It's easy to see the things that we don't like in our children or our spouse and our friends, right? But what if we can train ourselves to see the positive and, and getting with the Holy Spirit, sitting down, down with that list of, of character traits of our kids, spending nine months, if that's what it takes, to feel really good about the blessing that we're going to call out of our kids and a destiny and a future that we speak over them. Man, I just love that. Brent, I, I, you've got it, right? I, you, you, you totally understand uh, what I'm, what I'm saying and what I'm trying to do. So with, with your son, who's argumentative, there's, of course it wears us out, right? We, 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 we just want to say something one time and have them go, Oh, thank you. Great wise father. I'll go and do that. But then you have a kid who challenges you, who challenges your logic, who challenges your yes. reason and they're good at it. Yes. Right. We, we see that good. What you just said is true. What if that was channeled? for the Lord. What, how, how can the Lord use that? That is their personality. Now, certainly it's a parent's job. I think the word discipline, we always think of that as some harsh thing. Discipline is to train in the way they should go. And so you're reinforcing, son, the Lord has given you this personality. 
how do we use this for what the Lord's purpose is? You, you are going to convince many people and you are going to that, that scripture in second Corinthians, tear down false arguments. He's got a personality that could do that. And so turning that thing and directing it to discipline it so that it goes in the direction that the Lord can use. That's our job as parents. That's, that's what it is. So you get it, man. And that's, that is it. It takes time. I don't want anyone to think, okay, I'm going to sit down and, and again, prepare the setting when you're writing this. This took me months to get this where I felt like this is what God's heart is for my kid. It's my heart, but it's God's heart too. And this is what he wants to reinforce in them. Um, Brad, I was just thinking when you said that, so often we think criticism is what's going to get a person to change or it's going to motivate a person. Criticism does not do that. Uh, criticism does, it, it tears down. It's a Which curse. is the opposite of the blessing. That is correct. So it, even in Hebrew, the, the word blessing and the word curse come from a very similar root word. One is to is divine, and the other one is you know uh, divine in the wrong uh, way. It, it's it's um, it's of the natural, it's of the earth, it's of the enemy, and so it it literally is you know they're they're uh, from the same root, but go in two different directions. When the Lord back back to the book of Genesis, there's just so much. I know I'm packing so much information, and I, I apologize if it's like a fire hose uh, at the end. Uh, I'll give um, a web address and anybody that would like to talk about this further, I'd be happy to help them or discuss this. But in the book of Genesis, when God creates, and let's specifically with the earth, he looked into the darkness and created the light. When we have a child that we're raising, the future of that child, it's still no one knows. Right now, the Lord knows our job is to help call those things out of them to write what those things are, to speak those things, what, what isn't as though it were. So we're not speaking, hey, I want you to be a lawyer and I want you to make a lot of money. I, who, I don't know the specifics of that. That it really isn't our place, right? That's The child has to discover and your, your best is to help them discover why God put them here and to help them figure those things out. But seeing a positive character traits, seeing things in them that we call out, speaking that you have a future, your future is bright and it's powerful and God has called you and he's put you in this generation. They are not hearing that from any place else. In fact, the common thing that is taught in school at all education levels is that if you break it all down, it's all an accident. All of us are here by a great accident. And so therefore, the best you could do is just do the best you can do. I disagree with that philosophically. I disagree with that in principle. I disagree with it in every way, shape or form. I think that it's on purpose. I think that there's creativity behind us. And it's it's the joy of the Lord to conceal a matter and the joy of his people to help reveal what that thing is that God has concealed. That's our job as parents. Bring it forth. Call it forth. It's a great summary of that. I feel like we could talk about this for two more hours, and I will try to be brief with these, these final couple of questions so we can wrap this up. Uh, but again, just trying to get practical for, for fathers and, and going back to something that you had said earlier, which is that it can feel uncomfortable for a man 
to think about actually doing it. It's one thing to like the idea of it, but so many men, for whatever reason, seem to be a little bit reserved, a little bit reluctant to actually say the words you hear all the time. Well, of course my kids know I love them. Of course my wife knows I love her. I haven't divorced her, have I? You know, but if we're not saying it, do they really know it? I'm thinking just about my own my own childhood experience, my own relationship with my father, and I'm thinking about how I know that he loved me. And I always looked forward to birthday cards. And it's because it was on my birthday that he would take the time to write something meaningful and say things in writing like, I am proud of you, or you are special, or I am so lucky to be your father. But it was always written. And I'm not sure, and he would say the words, I love you, but I don't remember him really actually verbalizing the, I am proud of you. I am so grateful to be your father. You have a bright future. Although he did certainly speak confidence into me and told me that I could do whatever, uh, whatever I set my mind to, which I appreciate. And so, so maybe he did more of it than, than I'm remembering in the spur of the moment. But I do remember that it was the written words, and my mother did this as well, that the written words were powerful to the point where I saved most of my birthday cards because it's where I had the written account of some of the things that my parents believed about me. So I guess I say all of that to ask you, how important is it that a father actually say the words to have a ceremony or even just, even if it's not a full-blown ceremony versus just writing a note to your son or daughter? Yep. Uh, So I do think interesting that when you take the time to think about how your father did this for you, you're able to instantly go back in time and connect to a connection that you had with him, right? All right, so what if we could enhance that? And I think that's when if, when you're speaking it. To write it is, how many men never write it? They feel that way, but they never write it. So to write it is, I mean, you're way ahead of the curve. Well done. But is there more? And I think thinking in terms of what else? What else could I do? What else will give them permission? What else will let them move forward? What else will remove doubt? What else will will help them when everybody else is telling them no? What inside of them can I put that will tell them yes, and you you can be successful? And I think when you say it out loud, there is something so powerful. So back to that thing in Genesis, God spoke into the darkness. He didn't think into the darkness. He spoke into the darkness over creation. He blessed. He opened his mouth and he spoke. Abraham with his sons spoke out loud. How about the ultimate example that we have, uh, Jesus and the Father, at Christ's baptism? The Bible says in John's gospel, um, when he came up out of the water, the heavens were open and they heard a voice. And here's the three things that God told the son. You're my son, whom I love, and with you I'm well pleased. So Jesus had identification. You're my son. You're my child. You're not an accident. You're not a pain. You're not a mistake. You are mine. I own you in the best sense of the word, right? You're mine. I identify you belong to me. There's a place in my heart for you. Um, Whom I love those words. We all long for those words. Uh, I read a a statistic years ago um, of the top three things we all want to hear 
uh, supper's ready, <laughs> you're, you're forgiven, and I love you. Those are the three things that we all, all of humanity, uh, no matter where you are, longs to hear those words of approval. I love you. And um, with you, I'm well pleased. Yeah, that's that. the blessing. That's the blessing. You please me. You are pleasing uh, in this world. You have a purpose. You have an idea. So again, we're sharing all of these things. And I know I've cherry picked a lot of scriptures, but the truth of the matter is by doing this, it's my friend, it is all through the Bible. And we read the Bible so disconnected sometimes that we'll read Jesus's uh, identification at his baptism and never realize this is Genesis to Revelation, that the blessing is there and that God demonstrated. So he spoke out loud. You're my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. It is one thing to write it, but it's a whole other when a father, a mother, an authority figure, a stepfather. Uh, we've taken this to the level where step parents are doing this, and the power that's in that is just, it's incredible, my friend. It is incredible. Well, that, so my blessing, I'll, I'll give a blessing to all of the listeners. I bless you with the courage to step into something that maybe you have never done before and speak a blessing over your children. And so we will do everything we can to provide you with tools and resources to do that. I need them as well. And so Pastor has, uh, Pastor John has graciously agreed to share some blessings, some templates, some sample blessings with us that I'll put in the show notes. Maybe I'll write a blog post about it and I'll, I'll, I'll write that in the show notes as well that you guys can link to for a little bit of help. Just encourage you as you're listening to this to spend some time to get alone, to take the time necessary to, to start to think about how you would bless your own kids. What would you say about them? And then have the courage to step out and actually do it. As we wrap up, uh, what have we missed? You, you'd also mentioned maybe a few books or resources you could point somebody to, a website. By the way, when I introduced you, I feel like we just started to talk. Uh, pastor John is the pastor of Jubilee Fellowship Church in Lone Tree. Is it, is that, is it Highlands Ranch or Lone Tree, Colorado? It's Centennial. We Centennial, just, Colorado. We just did move. Just built a building and moved. So we're in Centennial. Yeah. So where, where can listeners get maybe a little bit additional information about what we've talked about today? So our website is JFC, John Frank Charlie Jubilee Fellowship Church, jfc.org. Um, and my email is john at jfc.org, j-o-h-n at jfc.org. And uh, happy to answer any question, happy to connect. Uh, a couple of references. I don't have a lot. Um, if someone contacts you or I, we can give them more. But the two that I would recommend... Uh, the Difference a Father Makes, written by Ed McGlasson. If I, I feel like um, Ed wrote this book before I met him, but I've almost felt like he had been eavesdropping on <laughs> my messages and wrote the book that I would write. Um, and it includes the idea of the blessing and the power of a father's spoken words. And then one of the more familiar ones, Bruce Wilkinson, wrote the prayer of Jabez. I don't know if you remember that, but literally that prayer uh, from Chronicles is Jabez asking the Lord, oh, that you would bless me. And, you know, includes all of the different things that he wanted as a blessing. And then it says the most remarkable, and God did it. Uh, it's just, it's just so powerful. And I think that anybody that, even if you just read that, it would give you an idea of when we're blessing someone, what, what does it mean to bless them? What, we want to bless them in their physical life, their spiritual life, and their emotional life. We're made up of those three things. And 
So blessing a person in those areas is just so powerful. Take this to, to the ultimate level. You can do it for your friends. If you're a minister listening to this, to do it for your church, to have a blessing ceremony. Brett, maybe another time we could go back and talk about uh, what a ceremony looks like for young men and young women. I could give you some examples that we've done, that I have done for other people's children who perhaps don't have a father, where I felt like my spiritual authority let me step into that role for them. And I just think when we recognize that we have authority uh, in a person's life, that that authority is there for a purpose and a reason, and we can use it for good or evil, and I want to do good with what God's given. So um, that's that's the long and the short of it. I know there's a lot there, but happy to help out any way that I can. Well, I appreciate that. There is a lot there, and there's so much more there. You you already touched on a little bit of that. What if what if you never got it from your father? What if you're already older? And you know, so, so many ways you could go with this. I actually feel the stirring already in my heart, just a little teaser for people listening, uh, for a book to write around coming-of-age ceremonies of which the blessing needs to be a foundational cornerstone piece. Uh, Perry, my co-host, Pastor John is actually literally on a coming-of-age trip with his second-born son as we speak, which is why he's not here today. Uh, so it's something that we're very thoughtful about and, and trying to figure out how to do it well, but I feel like you have given us a lot of fuel to bless our kids well as part of that as we try to, to bring them into just really a life of, of unconditional love, acceptance, and the blessing can play a big role in that. So... So I thank you, as always, it's great to reconnect. Thank you for sharing your heart, uh, stories, how you have, have done the blessing in your family. I know it will bless our listeners as well. Thank you, Brett, appreciate you uh, having me on. Great to reconnect with you too, and look forward to what the Lord's gonna do with this in the future. So for now, we will sign off and have a great rest of your week, and we will talk with you again next time on the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone.